Do you think he pushed record and walked away? Really Doesn't long. look like it's recording, right? <laughs> I'm going to go over there and start. Oh, wait, are we recording? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Usually you do our sound check levels. Wow. And <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so should we do an intro? Yeah, let's do an intro quick. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back we'll to questions then. I, I, yeah. I want to introduce to y'all. We are here to introduce. I'm here to introduce. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Comedy Connects. <laughs> All right, welcome to Comedy Connects. I am Jenny Soldner. I'm Mike Shampo. And today we are joined by two amazing comedians, Bo Gella and Jack Hazley. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves, how long you've been doing comedy, where you're from, all the, you know, basics? Uh, so I'm Bo Gella. I've been doing comedy for five plus years. Um, I kind of lost count. Um, originally from, the, from Kakana, Wisconsin. Um, and then, yeah. Wow. My name is Jack Hazley, and I've been doing comedy for 17 years. Wow. Yeah, seven. No, actually, thirty-six years. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't lie, Jack. Straight out of the womb. Yeah, I, I was doing comedy from the day I was born. Actually, I can picture you with a little Groucho Marx, like popping yeah. out of the womb. Just you know, just doing my thing. I've always been in the valley, so <laughs> you don't come north. That's about it. You'll find me around here. <laughs> All right. We were talking about dorm rooms. We were talking about dorm rooms, <laughs> the, the college experience, and the woes and the advantages and. Where you went, what you did, and I was just curious because Bo said that he went to college a- as an adult, as opposed to typically right out of high school, like most people do. Yeah. And I was wondering, had you tried doing comedy yet when you did that? Uh, yes, but no. Um, so, so when I was in, uh, the reason I had the gap year was I taught English overseas for a couple years. Um, and I did a few open mics, um, overseas, but nothing on a consistent basis. Of, like, when you get up, like, every week you possibly can, like we do now. How do you even do that? Did a mic overseas? Did you do yeah. it in a native language? No. Where? So, wait, you started comedy overseas? Well, I did, like, one or two mics there. What prompted and that? Like, what made you think, none of these people speak English, so I'm going to just go. Um, so, so like, Indonesian is very, um, their humor is very pun-heavy. Um, and I spoke oh. enough, and I spoke enough of the language. <laughs> it explains your, it explains oh your, God. <laughs> <laughs> this um, explains so much already. Yeah. And so just that, it was like, okay, I'll just do that. It was just the basic conversation I would have with the, um, I would just like club conversations to pick up people, but in front of the audience mm-hmm. instead of just two people. So an audience um, of two people. Yeah. Well, well, like, you know, when you're at a club trying to pick someone up and you have the no. same, <laughs> and you have and you have that the, the basic like same conversations of like where are you from? I'm from dad, da 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 and you do it like a thousand times. It was God that Dambo. A thousand <laughs> times. <laughs> I was there for like three years. All right. So I've been Dude. in Wisconsin for more than three years. I ain't t- I didn't try to pick up a thousand people. This doesn't club. None of this. Oh, please. This okay, guy on, had a on. Facebook memory <laughs> about how he was going to work at the club tonight. Work? I didn't. Hell yeah. Yeah, you was did. sarcastic. Yeah, I'm going to didn't work. Mean that seriously. Uh-huh. Hell you yeah, still I went did. to that club. Good for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, so it was just that conversation, but on stage. So it wasn't really any. So while I did open mics, not really. It wasn't like a. 
planned set or so let me get this straight you did so poorly one-on-one that you thought i'll just stand in front of a bunch of women and just try do it all at once (laughs) okay hang on i didn't say i failed in those (laughs) ones i mean you had to keep doing it so they weren't successes Well, that's not true. Maybe it was. No, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> I did I did fine in Asia. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, Relax, buddy. It's not that kind of show. I anyways. really will there. Oh, yeah. um, Jack over here doing impersonations. Ethnic, not exotic, right, Jack? Yeah. That- yeah but, I, <laughs> but I really got into comedy probably like five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was about the time I went back to school. But. Okay. Do you ever do comedy at Stout? I know they had, I think they had like a one mic that I never went to. Oh, but. they had a... V- they're all they, so they had a monthly open mic, and this is what the thing was. And I told the people like, "This is a bad idea." <laughs> Everybody gets thirteen minutes. Perfect. Holy shit! Right. Perfect. Now, like that's like, it's an eternity. That's way. And like here's the thing: no one knew that they could stop before thirteen minutes. Oh no! People don't know that now. With so five they were, minutes. so they were <laughs> trying to force in thirteen minutes. Yeah. Oh, that sounds horrible. And it's so bad, and it's like. And like at that time, I was in doing it for like three plus years. Um, had some time in the cities, so it was like I could do thirteen pretty easily. But it was oh, it was so bad. Yeah, it's just awful. It's horrific. <laughs> it's it's way too much time for yeah. for <laughs> most <laughs> people. <laughs> Tell me you know nothing about this without telling me you know nothing about this, right? Like we're gonna do thirteen minutes. Like what now? In it's the, such a random number. Right? In in the well, they had X amount of spots, and it was like a anything goes. So music, improv, whatever. Yeah, thirteen minutes oh, so you for can music. Do skits? Oh yeah. man, yeah. But like thirteen music or thirteen minutes for music is fine. But yeah, then if a comic songs. gets up there and thinks they have to do thirteen minutes, especially I can't imagine if it's their first open mic trying to do thirteen minutes. Yeah. So sounds horrific. I did ten. First time I ever did it, the guy said I could do 10. And after seven minutes, someone told me, get the fuck off stage. <laughs> <laughs> and, then and then I'm like, oh, wow. Where did you do that it? again? It was, I didn't realize that Skyline had one because their online thing said every other week. And for some reason, I'm like, I'm not, I can't wait. This is the week to do it. You know, in some weird misplaced sense of like, I have to do it right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I went to Union Jacks, which is, I think it's now closed. Rest in peace. Um, but yeah, it was a music open mic and I messaged him like, Hey, can I do comedy? Like we've never had comedy before. And I'm like, Oh, I'll try it. Ooh, that's like, brave. Okay, cool. Cause I'm fucking stupid. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and it, the worst was, it was one of those things where like, I wish everyone would have just ignored me, you know? And, but like everyone was like so attentive and paying attention <laughs> and just staring at me. I'm like, fuck. So how do you have a first experience like that and still do it again? I don't know. Cause I knew, well, cause I knew it was my fault. I knew uh, like, cause I was so nervous. So I got hammered, mm-hmm. not like sloppy drunk, but I remember I'm just like, Oh Jesus. Like I didn't remember what I wanted to say. And I knew I was going to suck anyway. So it's just like, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of, I knew it was my fault. So I guess if I thought I'd killed it and everyone's just like, Hey, fucking never do that again. Then maybe it'd be different. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, that was awful. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, <laughs> I like, would I do would... anything to have not have done it. But here we are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have, uh, I would not have liked it either. So, Whatever. I almost had that same problem going to Skyline. I wrote up a bunch of stuff over the course of a year, and finally was like, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do it right now. This is my Wednesday. And I I thought I had 20 minutes. <laughs> and so yeah, I, yeah. I, got a hold of, I got a hold of Skyline through Facebook, and they're like, yeah, we signed up a month in advance, and it's only five minutes. I'm like... Oh, you never you were never in the Wild West days? You were always no. sign up? Okay. Yeah. yeah I, well, I, I just started... Uh, a little more than a year two, ago, two December's ago. Yeah, yeah, over a year. You've been around a while, yeah, right. a little bit. But yeah, it was so in that month that I now had 
to rethink all of it. I still decided to do it somehow, um, but I, <laughs> I took that 20 minutes, quote unquote, and dropped it down to something more reasonable. Realized like there's so much shit in here that I can't say. I got to find ways to trim this down. So yeah, but I like before you got into doing the open mics and stuff, I didn't know open mics were even a thing. Like, I just don't think they're well advertised. I don't think they're out there. Audiences, you know, if you're not into comedy that much, you're not really going. You have to really look for it. Yeah. It's and hard to I, look for it even when you're looking for it. You can't even search open. You have to like, you, right. have to, you don't even stumble upon it when you're looking for it. And it's even now, I feel like there's a lot of people that we talk to that don't even know open mics are a thing. So he'll mention an open mic and they're like, oh, a show. And it's like, no, it's not a show. But, but it is. I mean, even though even though like you don't know who's gonna be performing, like it is a show. You have a host. You have people doing their jokes, and yeah, they might be terrible comics and or terrible performers, but it's still a show for the audience. Um, and so I think, like, if you look at and I I hate, I hate comparing like us to like the Twin Cities, but there's a mic in, in the Twin Cities known as Sisyphus, and it's on Thursdays, and every week it is jammed packed with people, mm-hmm. and they know it's a Sisyphus open mic. Because it's a great show. Right. Um, and so, like, I don't think that you can say, like, well, an open mic's not a show. No, it is a show. It can be. It can yeah, be. it can be. It's a show if you have really uh, appropriately managed expectations. Well, so, like. You're just going there to fuck around and see, you know, maybe someone will surprise you. Then you can have fun. But if you go there expecting, you know, super polished comedy, I think you can right. get disappointed. And not everybody. You know, obviously, there's right. the whole like, spectrum of, of professionalism when you go to an open mic for the most part. We'll tell people like about Skyline here in Wisconsin that if you um, go to the open mics, that it's a show and it feels like a show and it you're going to get a lot of great laughs, but it is still an open mic and there's some people, you know, that it's not going to be great. But if there was an open mic at a random bar, then we're going to let them know, no, this is just an open mic. Like I'm not going to call it a show because a random open mic at a bar doesn't quite have that same vibe as the open mics at Skyline. Yeah, and I, I assume that in more metropolitan areas, LA, Chicago, New York, maybe maybe Atlanta. Well, even they, down they in Milwaukee. Yeah, even down in Milwaukee, they might have an actual, like the open mics might feel more like a show. I disagree. Really? Yeah. Okay. Most, a, a lot of, a lot of open mics and like that I've been to, especially in the Twin Cities, about like what we have at like ambassadors of like, no one, or the, or, yeah, or, or the lyric room in which, like, people will watch and there might be two non-comics on there and the comics really don't want to listen to the other comics speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's just what it is for a lot of open mics. But what my, my point is, you don't have to have the open mic be a, this is just an open mic, don't expect anything good at, at it. Right. You can, as, as a venue or as a promoter, you can promote an open mic as a show. And bring people in, and when you make your list, put the list together in a certain way in which it's a good show where you have good people followed by not so good people, yep. and weave them and weave them in and out so that there's no huge gap of like, oh, these are I can't believe I spent my time in front of this. Yeah, I'm and s- I think that. I agree because I think that if venues did that more with the open mics, they would be more successful. They would be advertised as you know getting people in. Um, but especially here in Green Bay, like we, there's other open mics, there's spoken word open mics, there's, you know, musical open mics. And I think that the term open mic conjures up, you know, like, uh, people snapping their fingers in an amateur hour. And, and I think the, the comics in this area don't usually bring an amateur hour. Like some of you guys bring 
to open mics show quality stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's a weird. I don't know. I think it's just too hard to because open mic is. I think it's just. In my opinion, it, it just expresses the chance of ambiguity. Like, you don't know what you're going to get. And yeah. It, yeah. So I think it's dangerous to, to advertise it anyway, because Bo's right. You can have great, you can have good comics swing through, someone can be from out of town, but then you can also have, you know, like you mentioned, you can have a string of people who don't know what the fuck's going on. So I think it's, in my opinion, it, it's, it's, I think it's always going to kind of exist in that weird gray area because there's, no, unless you're catering it, and then if you're catering it, it's, it's more of a showcase than an open mic. So I don't yeah. know. Who knows? Right. But also, I mean, you bring up the point of, yeah, there, there is like an overall, I don't know, not accessibility, but yeah, it's even, even when you go to a new city, you'll look, look up one and it's, it's hard to find anytime. So it's, mm-hmm. there'll be something to said about that. But I mean, we see that especially around, you know, like the attic is, it's hard if, if the business doesn't give a shit about it. Yeah. You know? yeah. The business that is, is like, the biggest, yeah, it's going to bring yeah. 10 comics. You're going to buy two beers. So that's better than the three locals who are going to be here anyway. And if that's all they're looking to get out of it. You're never going to get, you know, short of it being in like, I think that's where like the high note gets a little lucky because I think there's random foot traffic. People are like, what the hell's going on over here? And jump in. I suppose like the attic, nobody is there. The only people who go there are going there for the open mic. So, right. uh, you know, if, if, a, if the business doesn't, or if the business is indifferent about it, I don't think it'll ever really evolve past, you know, the comics and some couple bring me's or, mm-hmm. you know, it's not to say you can't have good nights. There's definitely been great nights at the attic and, and other ones like it, but. Or, same with him, uh, Cimarron. It's all it's all the same. Or if the business doesn't know how comedy works, um, in terms of like how you can bring people in and things mm-hmm. like that, that also kind of like hurt the mic. Um, yeah, like let's let's play music between the sets. <laughs> yeah, um, it you know, well just it 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 ruins the vibe because you you want to string together laughs as best you can. Yeah, and so. there's um, like we did. Uh, not an open mic, when we did a show, there was a, um, like, they wanted to announce, uh, what are they, uh, raffle winners, like, between and stuff, and we had to say, no, we're not doing that, you can't do that. We and talked about this ahead of time. There is a lot of, I think, misinformation about what comedy looks like or how it flows or whatever, and that these, you know, some venue owners aren't as aware of that and that interruption to flow. It's because even something, yeah, even as something as simple as we're going to get up here and we're going to announce a raffle winner, like, well, that just threw everything off. Now people are getting up, they're going out and smoking, and, you know, it just... Well, yeah, I think a things. big problem, too, is, like, I would say 99% of businesses, they've had music, and music is a little less sensitive to, you know, the flow of it, you know, short of, like, you're going out for your encore. You're ending your set, maybe. But like, so to them, they don't see the the difference because most of, yeah. most of the people who host a comedy show probably haven't been to a comedy show. They're just like, oh, it just seems something different. Maybe it'll sell tickets, get people here. So mm. most yeah. people who you know, if you talk to a bar owner, you convince someone to let you do a show. They've never been to one or know what the hell they're doing anyway. So that's where yeah, it is important that you can be like, hey, it is different. It's a, it's a different yeah. animal. It's got different rules. Well, and, and that's that's part of the producer's responsibility to set expectations with the owner of this is what we need to do to have the most successful show we can. No dice. Kitchen's closed. Like, we're done with food for the night before we start so we don't have any excess noise. You know, try to make it as smooth as possible, get from one act to the next. And in the instance where, you know, maybe there's something else going on, maybe the, the bar, you know, it brings in, you know, a charitable event or something like that, that, that either is handled before or after, not in between. Mm-hmm. So. You, Jack, you've done, like, run a lot of your own open mics, right? Yeah. By, yeah, at this point, now, I, I mean, I just I do the, pretty much 
I'm King Wednesday. King <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> I'll fill in here and there if, if needed, but yeah, I'll host Skyline and Ambassadors, which couldn't be two more opposite mics, but... <laughs> yeah. but right. Uh, yeah, that's quite the range <laughs> spectrum. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but they're, 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 both, they're both great for different things. It's, it's, I mean, once you... I remember Ambassadors used to be rough because we kept like trying to force it to be something it wasn't. And then we kind of just like, I wouldn't say gave up, but just let it be what it is, which yeah. is just a wild... It's just the fucking Tortuga of open mics. Just shake it, <laughs> falls off the rails. But it's in that, it's it's a, such a delight. If you can kind of like, you know, succumb to the anarchy that it is, then you can have fun. You can do bits. You can get reads on material. You just have to know what you're walking into. What were you trying to force it to be? I think we all, I think we all want, well, because as far as the other open mics in the Valley, that was usually one of the better attended ones because, you know, after Skyline, it always has the most comics. You know, it would be easy mm-hmm. to be like, hey, come on, let's, let's jump over there. So, uh-huh. you know, it wouldn't be uncommon to have 10, 12 comics, which for the Valley, for a Valley mic, that's oh, quite a bit. So I think we always wanted it to feel like another really formal room where we could try stuff, especially coming right off Skyline, mm-hmm. you know, and then uh, it just wasn't that. It, it, you're not going to get, you know, you with some exception, there's been I- nights with some discipline, but... The most part, it's you kind of got to learn how to exist in that room. And once you did that, you know, so I think you can do the same material, but you have to tweak your delivery. Mm-hmm. I, I, I try a lot of stuff at Ambassadors that is too rough to do at Skyline. Um, so why are you, is there a, an audience, a venue, a show that you're trying those things out for? Like, would you do that stuff? Every time I get on, get, get on stage, it is an rotation to get on stage again. Right. Right. I don't need to have a show in mind to to want to try new stuff out. I just know that I'm going to be on a show eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm like, okay, I want to I want to try this out. I want to hear it out a little bit. I want to get some reactions from other comics. Well, mm-hmm. I don't really. And I, I want to be careful how I, how I phrase this because I don't want to be like, oh, I'm only going to do what comics approve of. But there are some comics in which, like, okay, if something's like way off base they can help me kind of guide it into a much better. Do you find that you guys approach other comics a lot with information or do you wait till they come to ask you? Depends. Like is that? Yeah, I think it really depends on the comic. Some people are more receptive to, you know, unsolicited advice or, or what have you. And, and it also depends on the per. you know, it's, I don't, I, I don't, I wouldn't say don't give a shit. That's not the appropriate, but if nobody, if someone doesn't ask me what I thought, I'm not, I'm not short of like, if it's a buddy or a friend, I will. But mm-hmm. like, if I see someone I don't know, that well, and they say something. I'm not. I'm not white knighting to go save their bit for them. <laughs> um, if you want help, I'll help you. Otherwise, you'll figure it out. Right. If there's someone really new to the to the scene that I haven't seen, I will give general feedback, which is always move the mic behind you, <laughs> slow down. Right. You know. Um. You are funny. Trust your trust your instincts. Um. Which is sometimes is a lie for the last one, but it, it helps build the confidence. <laughs> So we can't trust Bo's compliments. Got it. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's still a lie for me. I, I said that for a while. Yeah. Um, Did you guys get a lot of help when you started out? Um, no. So I didn't get much help until I moved to the cities. Okay. Um, and then once I was there, it was uh, a lot of help of of um, when you be on shows and I'm like I think I'm bombing, and then I remember one of them going like, "No, you did. You did fine." It was. This isn't a venue where people are supposed to laugh. Mm-hmm. No one gets laughs here. Everyone just wants to sit down and quiet and watch you perform. That's all they wanted. Weird. And they were looking at oh. you, and, and trust me, the owner loved your set, right? That's uncomfortable. Yeah, right? that is. 
Just even just hearing those words come out, like somebody, if somebody was telling me that, I'd be like, oh, why, why are we doing this then? <laughs> right, but but that's what it was, and that was the venue. And everyone, once you knew that, when you'd perform again, I was like, oh, this is fun. Because mm-hmm. now you're not wa- listening for the responses, you're watching for the responses. And when you watch for the responses, you can see the small eye movements and the pointing at each other's friends and pointing at you. Well, that's like uh, a fun mental exercise. Yeah. Then. I feel like that we, we need to get an open mic going where we tell everyone you're not allowed to laugh. laugh. You can um, smirk. You can lean. You can shuffle your feet. And a lot of things also besides that, also like, you know, paying attention to how the sound is, um, which I never realized before that, like that can affect your performances. Um, writing better. Just a lot of stuff from the more senior performers in, this, in the Twin Cities mm-hmm. that I didn't have in the Valley. Um but also for what it's worth, the, the old, what I could, what I always call the old ward, you know, probably the generation before our wave, yeah. um, they were a lot more aloof, you know, a lot more, I wouldn't say clicky, but, um, you know, and it's not necessarily a detriment to them, but for the longest time it was just them. So it's, yeah. you know, it's easy for them to be like, yeah, I, I know these guys, as opposed to if some new kid walks up. So, and also I think as far as like learning stylistically, a lot, there's a lot of different styles, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to like some scenes have a little bit more, developed like I guess you could say style for lack of a better word so I, I found it difficult because I always did a little longer like I still do the tag but like I, I was always a longer form so I didn't really have anybody too specifically to look at but what we're still good at is not necessarily providing the solution but letting you know where the problem is but like hey too many words, <laughs> not enough tags it's like oh, how do I, I fix that more I tags fix it. <laughs> more, more tags right more no yeah. but I will say this though I think I'm trying and I think Jack Jack has on it too is been a lot more approachable Oh, to, yeah, to newer yeah. comics of like, hey, we might not go out a way to find you, mm-hmm. but come seek us and we will give you feedback and help you figure some stuff out and help you understand the, the psychology of what makes comedy work. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. We're definitely a lot more open than uh, our predecessors would have been. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously there were some exceptions. Like Dan was always pretty good at, you know, I mean, he'd, he'd give you pretty half-assed replies like, hey, go, go right more. And you're like, okay, that's fine. You're like, yeah. it's correct. It's, it doesn't necessarily, <laughs> it's not too personal, but you're right. Um, I got the warmest welcome from Dan after my, good shit. After my first night. I, I haven't seen him since. He was there He was there one time when I was there. My, my first night out, he was there. He was he was hosting that night. And and he came up after me and he said, you you did a good job. You avoided a lot of pitfalls that a first-time comic usually has. You, it wasn't gross out. It wasn't just shock value. It looked like you actually took time to write. Good job. And I'm like, wow. And it, it was such a warm welcome. It was like, oh, this actually, it, it, I, I very quickly got a sense of community on night one with what Skyline has to offer. Um, and that's held up pretty much. Yeah. I think, you know, again, it's it's about the, the whole group as a scene, I think. Because, I mean, most of us came in from that, like, cold that cold, you know, birth by fire. So we're like, well, we can be cooler than that. Yeah, like you there's know? no reason not to be. Yeah. That's just it, especially because even though comedy, unlike other things, you know, you're up there on the stage by yourself, you're booking on your own, but you can't really do it yourself. Like, you know, shows have a couple other comics on it. And, you know, there's some weird balance between teamwork and just yourself. I think, I mean, and this is, it's been said in other podcasts too, but I think it's to the point where comedy is big enough now that I think back in the day, it used to be a lot more cannibalistic. Like even locally, you know, it'd be like, there's one show a month. Right. These two people got it. That means I don't get it. And maybe I'll get it next month or whatever. But nowadays it's just like, I didn't get this show. 
well, that's fine. There's there's four more this week, or there's five right, more. So it's, right. it's it's like if you're good, you're gonna get booked. So you don't have to, you know. So uh, it's like seeing people do well isn't. I mean, obviously well, there are still people who are insecure, but it it doesn't have to be. Oh, I'm not getting it. You can be happy for other people who are yeah, getting booked. Like, yeah, definitely. Go get it. And like also like I mean, what's what's a good good room do for for a show now? I mean, like fifty people. You can do that multiple spots in the valley in the same night. Yeah. And so if there's not a if you're not on a show, you can fund another show. And like, you know, not don't have them next door to each other, but I mean like <laughs> have one in Afton and one in Green Bay. That's plenty of space between the two of them or, or right. that. Um So when you were in that cannibalistic birth by fire, was there anyone who tried to sabotage you? Did it ever go no, that it, far or was no, it just it was never, at least for me it was never it was never malicious. Again, I think at the worst it got was indifference. It was just like, Oh, we're right. doing our thing. I don't know what the fuck's going on over there, who cares? But yeah. now it's more like, Oh, hey, did you hear, you know, Chuck or Mike or whoever got a show? Good for them. Yeah. Cool, I'm happy for them. Right. And then you you just go about your life as if so I don't what? think it was ever malicious, but there was a lot of like, Okay, cool. Like when you've proven yourself, then we you know, we'll we'll talk oh, then more yeah. so. Which I can't say I blame them because I think you see that a lot more in bigger cities. You see so many, so much more turnover in bigger cities. Like, you know, if you think about even somewhere in Milwaukee, how many first-time open micers do they see? You know, two right. a week? Yeah. As opposed to a bigger scene, 10, 15 a week? Right. So it's, you, you don't have the mental energy to care about everyone. So as opposed to the Fox Valley, we get a new person maybe, what, once a month? Right. That's yeah. maybe do it once or twice. It's You can find the mental energy to care at that point. So in that regard, our scene has that benefit. But in a bigger scene, it's like, I'm, I'm never never not cared but it's just like yeah you have to show that you actually are going to be around enough to merit like a mental effort from right. some of the other comics i mean that's not hard to do it just no. takes it just takes a couple months mm-hmm. um and it's really um I, when i first moved from minneapolis I, I hosted the green room a couple times like it was like i was one of the regular hosts they had there um and i go to my first time at, at another mic and the host goes up and he's like all right, if you guys here for the mic, I'm going to be late. I have to go run to a set of Acme, and I'll be back. Mm-hmm. And I go, do you want me to host? And not realizing that he has no idea who I am. Right. Like, <laughs> at all. Just some random person Just off the street. Just a random person. Because, like, ho- hosting is hosting, right? It's, it, I'm right. like, I can do it. I've done it before. I just read the names. No big deal. And he looks at me and he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Did he really? He had to ponder it for a he minute. Had, he had to ponder it. <laughs> and then, like, here's the thing. Ah. Uh, he put me at the end of the list every night. Oh wow! <laughs> Forever, like it's you're punished now. I was pu- I was punished, and it was one of those like weird. Let's be clear: how far from hosting you? Are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like the thing too with him, it was like he gave a lot of really good feedback of stage presence and business, mm-hmm. as opposed to that one. So I didn't mind going last. It was like I was watching and learning, but. Yeah. So, as opposed like as opposed to you guys giving feedback, how often do you ask people for feedback? Almost never. 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 I mean, not. Do people just uh, give it to you, or are you? Just no, I doing don't your like that. I will. No. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's not. It's, it's okay. Not, it's not because. Of, By the way, Jack, there's this one joke. No. 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 <laughs> no. It it, de- it depends entirely on who it's from. It, if if some person I don't know comes up and tries to give me feedback, I'll be like, okay, thanks, man, mm-hmm. and I will instantly delete whatever they said from my brain. But like if a buddy. Uh, or someone, you know, like who I, I, I respect comedically gives me advice. I, I give that a lot of credence, but mm-hmm. it's more, I think I'm just more selective and not in a, like, not in a biased way. Like if someone I respect tells me a joke sucks, I'm not like, well, you don't, you know what you're talking about. I think one thing that I learned early on that helped me a lot is 
Uh, Jake Shane used to be a big boy around here. Uh, now he's a big boy because he eats too much. Okay. My gosh, his, <laughs> oh, his, go. his biceps are bigger than my thighs. I swear. <laughs> That's a lazy fat I don't know joke. This no, no, he's like he's like bodybuilding. He's like yeah. trying to bulk up. Oh, okay. But, but he always told me, and I think this is important. It doesn't have to be me, but you have to find someone whose opinion you respect as much as your own. So if mm-hmm. I say I like this joke, and they say I don't like this joke, I'm not like, well, fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. So if you find someone who, you know, again, you don't always have to agree, but if you like give it equal amount of credence, that'll help. Because there's been times where growing, like starting up, I would ask Jacob, like, what do you think about this joke? He's like, it's an okay joke. Is that mm-hmm. what you're going for? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, all right, so keep punching it up. So wow. um some so people have, for sure. So do you have up. people that you like play off your new jokes to or you just kind of figure it out yourself, go up yeah, there for the first at, time and see what happens? Death mics at death, Attic or Ambassadors and Death Mics. Um how I get feedback on my sets is I record all my sets. I just watch them back and I ask myself like, hey, what I want to pay to see this guy perform. Mm-hmm. That's it. And and that's the feedback I get because I, I'm not in the moment. I'm not in the, oh, I'm really good. I can actually look and be like, okay, no, this this was too winded. This was too um, edgy. This this was not edgy enough. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly be like, okay, good. This, But I don't seek out feedback from other comics. But if they give it to me, I'll take it. Do you guys listen to the audience? Like if you have audience members that come up to you after the show, do you ever get critiques or anything from I, them? I am a firm believer of fuck the audience. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, in terms of comedy, they d- they know what they like, so they can say I like it or not, but to propose a fix, I'd be like, thanks. Sure. Have, a good, have a good life. Uh, yeah. Right. Sorry you didn't like that joke. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. You're right in not liking that joke, but you don't know how to fix it. <laughs> right. Um, and when I say that, there's like two extremes, like the over-pandering and there's the, I don't care. I'm doing what I, what I know is funny. Mm-hmm. And I've done enough times that I know that the audience will know what's funny. And I get good laughs, mm-hmm. so it's that formula's working. If I do the same set for X amount of times, I don't get the laughs. When all goes back to that guy's not funny on the video, mm-hmm. I have to fix that guy. How many chances do you give a joke before an audience before you say it's clearly the joke and it's not the audience? Is that something you just kind of feel out? All right, so you know my brothel story, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, that was about three and a half years to get constant laughs on. Really? Yeah. So were you just tweaking it, or did you just keep plowing through and hope for the I best? Was, I was trying to tweak it. I was trying to figure out, like, how to get it in there. I was trying to do – I was trying everything, and I was like, I couldn't get it. It was either too winded mm-hmm. at, at some parts, or it was too confusing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get the audience on the same page of, like, I didn't know what was going on. And eventually, once I got, got set up, I was like, okay, I can do this, and it's the same. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. you stuck with it because you knew, damn it, this has to be funny somehow. You go, you take <laughs> you take a first date to a brothel by mistake. Yeah, that is comic gold. Like I don't know how that's not. That is a life experience that you don't ever let go of, and everybody needs to hear it. Well, yeah. yeah. Also, I think what your your comedic style is is very um, informative on how you evolve a joke. Like if it's a longer story, like like Bo's brothel story, yeah, it makes sense. Okay, I'm going to tweak it. I'm going to change it. I might lie about this deal. I might this or that. You know, as opposed to if it's like a one-liner, you know, like a, a easy one-line setup punchline. And if that doesn't work, there's not as much to like, well, where did it go wrong? Like, it's just <laughs> not working. As yeah. opposed to a story, a story cannot work for a hundred different reasons. Yeah, if, right. if a single just setup punchline doesn't work, there's really only so many places that small of, can go wrong. Right. So you can be, I think, a lot um, more like judicial on a short joke. Be like, this does not work. I need to 
like restructure it significantly or just get rid of it if it's not working, as opposed to if a story's not working, you know, you can persevere or think a lot. And, and you can also think of jokes as not necessarily as like things you work on, but like the people you date, right? <laughs> and like you could date more people, right? You can be in more relationships, you can get more jokes to come in, you can write more jokes. And if the joke you don't like working on the first time, you don't see a person the second time if it was a bad date. Right. And so maybe you don't, it's maybe not giving up on it, but spending more time with people you love more. Do you have like a file of maybe someday I'll, I'll check in for that second date, you know, during cuffing season? I, <laughs> I recently began doing bits that I had like my first like six months in. Mm-hmm. Um, not like identically done, but just like, here's the topic. Here's what I thought was funny about it. And then performing it, knowing the stuff I know now. Right. And it's like a lot different. For sure. I mean, all my, to that point, like all the jokes I have now, I, there's very few of them that, I mean, some are newer than others, I guess, but I would say like 30 of the minutes are the first 30 minutes I had. Obviously, they're, I would consider them unrecognizable, but like the point I'm trying to make is there. So as you write more and you get better at writing, you can revisit the stuff you already cared about. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, I know, I know how to write a better joke. Let me try and make that point I, th- I made really poorly two years ago. Yeah. And so you do that, and all of a sudden, you know, so that's the thing is, like, I think always have a lot of respect for the premise because that, that initial spark that made you laugh, I think you can really trust that. You can very easily fuck it up and deliver it poorly for years, you know, but uh, that, I think, with rare exception, the premise is always right. You just might not know how to deliver that yet. And that's as you get more involved as, as a writer and just performing, you can go back and readdress it and try and retackle it and then eventually you'll get it or you won't and you'll keep trying mm-hmm. and you can't it's not to say you if you hate a joke you can throw it away <laughs> but um i think for the most part trust it and just keep getting better as a writer and know that eventually you'll find a way to make that point do you guys find that you just do your own thing and just wing it based off some intuitive sense or do you have writing rules that you follow do you like read the books and follow the greats and I think it's a that's a weird it's a double edged sword because I think there's a time for being really analytical on a joke, but also it has to feel right. Otherwise, your your jokes get really like inorganic, you know. And then mm-hmm. I think that's also a really fast like highway to being like really pompous and like having disdain for the audience. You can be like, that's a perfect joke, it's structured, ideally. Like it has to feel right. Yeah. There's and a comedian my- who says that though in his Netflix special. I can't Drop remember. Blank. There's a comedian who's like that one. That one's written perfectly. I think it was Sam Morell. He he said he's like structurally the joke is great, but you're not mm-hmm. gonna like it or something. So right. I mean, there, there's point. There's time to like address that. But I think overall, if you're if you can dissect jokes, but if you're doing it too early, I think it's gonna come off really bizarre. And mm-hmm. I think if you get too analytical too early, you you start to like filter yourself out, you know, because you right. you have your own cut and spin of it, you know, as opposed right. to if I take everything I say and I'm like, well. If I read, according to this book, I don't really need this sentence, but like, well, that sentence makes it me or, or, or vice mm-hmm. versa. So yeah. I think there's a time and place for it, but I d- I'm not overly concerned with it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that people should know how to write. Um, they should know how their writing is going to have different impacts on, on the thing. And there's different, there's like, there's like nine, there's so many different, and I don't want to get too technical, but like, if you're just starting out, just write. Don't worry about like trimming the fat and just just write, get on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get more experience, you'll you'll the books I, I would recommend new comics to to read um, would be on style or elements of style, mm-hmm. um, which is the same high school book that you got in English class of just like <laughs> how you write concisely on that one. Um, on writing by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually greatly dislike that book. 
Oh, so when as I, a writer, I do not like that book. Do you like the book, The Giver? The uh, Giver, yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the movie. Really? Um, was it good? It was all right. I um, didn't mean to derail it. I was trying to be cheeky. I, I read <laughs> The Giver in like eighth grade, so I can't remember, but I recall liking it at the time. So funny, my uh, on writing story, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that the first half was like an autobiography. And so I just was like, this is this is not helping anything <laughs> with writing at all. <laughs> and so, um, Become the author. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is to know the rules, mm-hmm. but know why the rules work. Yeah. Right? Like, you can be like, oh, the rules are three. Well, why does, the, why do, why does that work? Mm-hmm. Right? It's because anybody can get the first punchline. Most people think of the second punchline. But the third take you do, you shocked them. Mm-hmm. And well, that... And the first two build relatability, too. Right. Like, we're on the same path together, yeah. and now I got you on the third one. Yeah. Um, and if you understand the psychology of it, well, now you don't need it to be a rule of three. You can have it other things, but you know why, and you can understand the psychology of it as opposed to, I'm following this formula because this is a formula, and I need it to be a formula. Right. So are there any books that talk about that, the psychology of it? Because I see a lot of how-to, but not... That explain I, that. I'm going to have to I mean, look to, into that. I guess just, well, I mean, one part of it, I guess, and there's one piece of advice, I can't remember which comic, uh, like a professional comic, like a comic can really only help you write how they write. So yeah. I can only give advice on how I would approach it. But if you don't want to, there's, I mean, there's so many different styles of comedy. Maybe I don't want my joke to be written like, you know, David Tell would have written it. Maybe mm-hmm. I want it to be written like Bill or whatever, you know? So in, in obviously it's not to the same extent, but even when I give advice or something or someone asks your advice, all you can do is help them write how you would have written it. So you can take that but, with a grain of salt too. Right. So, so I disagree with that. Um, I've written jokes of comics with knowing that like, well, you can write it in someone's voice. You yeah. Can, yeah. You can mm-hmm. intentionally. Yeah. yeah. Because I know that like I, I, this is a topic that I can't perform on stage. Because I don't, I know it's not going to work for me. It doesn't matter what the topic is. I just know I'm not, it's not going to be good when I do it. But I know that they have a voice where they can do this and it's going to work for them. So do you often give comics, like you have an idea, so you give that comic, like give your idea to other comics? Um, If, if I have a good relationship with them, yeah. 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 And what if that's their Netflix special? Are you going to cry in your pillow at night? No. Damn it, that could have been mine. <laughs> no, because here's the thing. It's not my special. Right, you couldn't have done it. Right? Also, and it's right. not, most of the time, especially with, because this will happen, I'm sure, Bo, you've seen it, and Mike, probably as well, is, is a lot of times you'll be riffing, or someone will ask you a joke, and you'll give them a tag, like, can I use it? Like, yeah, that's your tag. Like, that's your joke. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not talking about, you know, my dad fighting a grizzly bear. Right. But I thought this would be a funny addition. Yeah. To it's not my, like, I never would have came up with that joke if we weren't talking about it. So it's, it is yours to have, so... Yeah, but I think one issue with, you know, proposing jokes in other people's voices is at our level, so people are so young, they don't even know what their voice is yet. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we could help, you know, you could write a joke for someone who's more established or who has a more yeah. um, clear vision of what their joke is trying to be. But like under two, three years, even, you know, you could under pick f- under five, you could pick, people probably tell you under 10, yeah. under 15. You yeah. don't know what you're doing yet. So to that regard, it's, it's harder to cater it, you know, one way or the other. But yeah. I know, but even to the point just to, because like there's a difference between knowing rules and breaking them and being ignorant to a rule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That, that's a big, some people right. be like, Oh, how come when he did like a meta joke or he was fucking around, it worked. And then when I broke a rule, everyone just said, I suck at writing jokes. You're like, well, you have to know why you're breaking it. And then if you know that you can like, you know, articulate it in, a, in a intentional way. It's more fun mm-hmm. to know the psychology of the rule than actual the rule. Yeah. Like that's, that's what matters. Yeah. yeah. And as far as, you know, knowing the rules and things like that, like 
I, I, I'm a pretty confident person in my day-to-day life, and I don't have a fucking clue what I'm doing when I'm writing. <laughs> I am just trying my best. I'm just looking for things that seem interesting and hoping I can find it at the end of it. Like, it's just, I, I usually write premise to punch. I don't usually write, you know, I don't come up with the, that's a funny thing, let me work back and, and build it out from here. I usually work premise to punch, and it, I'm just trying my best. That's what's <laughs> been really interesting, talking to different comedians, is seeing how drastically different their writing is. Like, some people come up with the idea, and then they try and write, you know, the tags, and some people come up with the just a funny sentence and work backwards, and it's just fascinating. Oh, yeah. Is there anything that you like? I start here most of the time. I, I start with the premise, I start with the punch, I start with the idea loosely, and I build it out from there. Is there anything that you do in particular? I think it depends on the joke. Yeah. Some jokes some jokes ha- are more appropriate to be addressed in one manner or the other. Okay. So if you, yeah, if you have a loose idea, like I want to tell a story about me and my dad on a boat. You know, I'm going to approach that differently than like I have a really fun observation about this specific thing. Mm-hmm. So then maybe there the, the punchline will come first and you can, you know, get yourself into it and then find a way to get yourself out, but... What I, what I find helpful for me is knowing how I want to perform it on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is, like, is the person I'm st- on stage going to be, like, confused about the situation? Is he going to be angry? Is he going to be happy about it, right? And once I have that down, then I can write it in a certain way. Um, and that helps me perform it a lot better than there. And that's, that's, I think that's the biggest trick that I have is, like... Um, knowing the emotion of the, the character on stage. Mm-hmm. Would you say you do, like you mentioned characters, do you do different characters on stage or are you always just kind of you? I'm, I'm me, but the situation, like the joke might make me angry or, right. or it might make me confused or make me, make me giggy, G- giggy, 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 giggy. Oh, that's gonna, yeah. Uh, hey, that's, that's gonna be our intro. <laughs> giggy with it. Giggy. Uh-oh, giggy with it. Um, giggy, giggy, giggy with Gella. Giggy, Giggy with, with Gella. Gella. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, can we can we have another podcast? <laughs> um, no, like, am I gonna be like giggly, g- giggly about it? Am I, you know, right. how am I gonna feel about that situation? And then I can perform that bit based upon that. Mm-hmm. Um, and some situation, some bits are better as the idiot or as the intellectual, or however it is. But knowing that emotion mm-hmm. helps me write better. So, because Bo, specifically you, I have to talk about um, the non-verbal, like, humor, humorous things. So, like, you get up there and most comedians pull the mic out and move the mic stand and you just pick up the whole mic stand. And how do you, do you have more of those things? How do you... Of course I have more. Like, how do you decide... I got dozens. (laughs) Are these things you pre-planned? Did they just come out one day and you stuck with them? Um... I, I think the the picking of the mic stand began when every time I would go up, I would notice it would just come up to like my 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 nipples, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, "This is a really easy thing." And like when I first began doing it, it, evolved for me just looking at the mic stand, disappointed that it's not up high enough, mm-hmm. to me going like, just picking up the mic stand and bringing it up, and it works. Mm-hmm. And why not keep doing it if it works? It's a quick, it's a quick guaranteed laugh right. that tells the audience, "Hey, this guy's funny." Immediately, I don't have to tell it's the like joke. It's like a silent opener. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. And now, if I want to go, and if I want to go into like a longer bit, okay, I can go, and they know that I'm funny. Mm-hmm. 
and I can spend a minute getting into a longer setup where I might have a couple laughs in there and then I can go into the, the rap without takes mm-hmm. where I have their attention. I know that. Without that instant credibility, I would lose them in that first minute. Right. And if that would happen, I would have to then do more quick one-liners so they know, hey, this guy knows what he's doing. Do you have anything that you do, Jack, that's like not verbal? No, I no. I mean, it, it, to, but to to Bo's point of like that, instant credibility is important, especially if you're hosting, like more so than than other positions is, because especially you know people are coming off the street, they don't know. But this is for anybody set, you know. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be. I wouldn't say a gimmick. That sounds more disingenuous than I intend. But like, I kind of have one. I, I always do the, like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm gonna tell you guys like a series of jokes. Each one's a little more offensive than the last. It doesn't fucking matter how they respond. My set's gonna be the exact same. Yeah. But it's it's just a fake. It's a fake world at which I've excused for random. And also it's good for me because it's not my, like, my cadence naturally. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to Bo's point, if I want to be a little longer winded or, like, slow the pace down a little bit, it, they've already, I've already ingratiated myself a little bit so I can get, get a little more leeway as opposed to if I just tried to go straight into uh, a bit more or the other. But, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not a very physical guy. I, I guess I'll do, I mean, some tags... It's one of those things where it's it's the same with like a, a doing a voice or an accent. Like if the joke would have been good without the act out, uh, and then you do the act out to give it like a little extra flair, it gives it a pass. If the only thing funny mm-hmm. is the act out, you know, in, in most cases it's a little Carey. different, right? But yeah, <laughs> like at least with the, like the lifting of the stand. Yeah. But it's like if the only thing that's funny is you being a, an animated clown, then it's, it's, it's a little lazy in my opinion. And the same right. thing of like, the only thing funny is the fact that you said it like this. Okay. That, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, you don't get as much leeway, at least right. in my eyes, as far as. But so yeah, you have a, a whole joke on that accent yeah, though. The, so if you don't use the accent, then there's no joke. I th- I think the second tag, there's no joke, but right. yeah, I don't, I, well, it's, it's one of those where I could make it work without the accent. I just have to restructure it a little bit. Right. Right. Because I mean, the, the point is, I guess it, in that in that case that I just did if, if that adoption bit, it, I could just not have it be a first person <laughs> recounting of a Romanian's voice, you know? right? <laughs> I, so. I I think I have a lot of facial expressions, um, when I'm when I'm on stage. I think that comes from like when I was teaching ESL overseas, mm-hmm. of like the students will say something, and I didn't want them. To, I don't want to be like, no, that's wrong, because they might be they might be close. I want them to rephrase it. And I can give that little, that look of like, mm. yeah. And once you learn how to do that, which is like internationally the same thing, you can then explain what's going on in your mind and you can have the audience see what's going through your head or what you want them to think is going through your head mm-hmm. and get the reaction that you want that way. Which is a fascinating thing for like a facial expression to be a punchline. And I've seen that with comedians, even on accident, where they'll tell a joke and their joke will bomb they won't get any laughs and they make a facial expression then that facial expression gets the laughs mm-hmm. um, kevin james does that in especially put out a couple of years ago where he does crowd work and all of his crowd work is just mimicking whatever people said mm-hmm. in his style and i it, feel and it's all act out and it's mocking and it's mm-hmm. there's no content to it whatsoever it's just a funny person being funny i feel like you just described steve harvey's entire career like, that's all Steve Harvey does, right? Someone says something, he makes a face, everyone laughs. There's no content. It's a good summary of what he does on Family Feud. Oh, I meant in general. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not Family Feud, is it? No. no. no that's, that's not. No, Price um, is right? Pri- 
Yeah, that sounds yeah, like yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Drew Carey, I love his book, Dirty Jokes and Beer. We're talking about like, but anyway, um, <laughs> Drew Carey still has an invitation to perform at uh, Fo- uh, uh, UW Fox Valley for like two hundred bucks. Anytime he wants to take it. Really? Yeah. Um, he signed a contract with uh with them. It was right before the Drew Carey show came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like, "Why well, can't I can't do that because I'm in a contract with them, so I'm gonna have to cancel the booking." And so the uh the guy who ran the he's like. We'll out of this contract forever. <laughs> oh wow! Um, and so, if anytime he wants to perform at the Fox Valley, uh, do you think he remembers I'm sure he's that? Just fucking Jones. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, boy. if he's I gnawing at the bit on me. Yeah, I've got oh. a brand new act just loaded for college. Kids. The Marshfield Ferry yeah. used to do. They would find people that they think were going to get popular and like sign them for a record. And like, like they'd be like, "You're going to play in six years," and they got lucky like a few times with like. So you'd be like, "What? The, why in the fuck are like?" Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, I can't remember, like, a huge name coming to the Marshfield Fair, and they're like, yeah, we duped him six years ago like, <laughs> when he was a nobody, and now he's, you know, he's coming to play for $500 when, oh, when he's going to be playing arenas. <laughs> like, that's what happened. Sucks that's, to suck. Uh, yeah. So, one well, of the- About 10 years ago, I, I caught Eric Church at the Brown County Fair, and that has to have been what happened. <laughs> like, it was, it, his his album just, like, started to chart. And I'm like, why is this guy here? Yeah. <laughs> um. One of the things that I think a lot of newer comics should get, get used to doing is if they have hats on, make sure that the, your your eyes are visible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike says that all the time. He's constantly like, you don't wear a hat on stage because it just it's got that shadow. You you can you can wear a hat you, on stage. If, yeah, you can um, make it a gimmick, but not even a gimmick. You can just wear a hat because that makes you comfortable. Yeah, but he when wears you a hat, it, but he puts it backwards. But yeah. when you do it, you have to make sure that the audience can see your face, right? Because yeah. that's a huge part of it, right? It's like sunglasses. It's, yeah, you you can be wearing it because you just like wearing hats. But if the audience thinks you're wearing it because you're afraid, then yeah, it's yeah. Blood in the like water. Jack, you always wear a hat, but you pull it up, don't you? A little usually, bit. It or? depends. And an open mic show, but usually it shows I try not to. But I'm growing out my hair now. Oh, so yeah. I'm trying to be beautiful again. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're getting ready for the summer. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be on the beach, really and I flowing. Like it's, my, it's my last chance to have long hair. <laughs> I'm a firm believer that whatever you do on stage or however you get on stage, should be on purpose. Mm-hmm. Right, and that means that if you want to wear shorts on stage and don't wear shorts on stage, I will stab you. But if you I was gonna, to, I was just going to ask you that. What's the whole thing with don't wear shorts on stage? It's, it's about distractions. It's, it's it's so there's a couple things on it. Um, one, it's distracting because the thing about it, you are if you're in the audience, you're sitting down at their at your eye level is like at their knee. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're going to see a, a pasty white hairy leg. <laughs> Right, that's that's one Never thing. Never considered that. Um, that um, it's it's a comedy business, right? And like, there's a there's a um, like unspoken formality. It's just yeah. Like, it's like you want me to pay attention, like pretend you give a shit, even if you don't. Yeah. Like you're going to work. Yeah, it's one of those things for where, work. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, and there's gonna be always, there's always those people like well, the audience doesn't really give a shit. Like, well, that's not really the point. Like the but, point is that you're taking it seriously. Yeah, even the, if your jokes are stupid boner jokes, and and the the <laughs> booker takes it seriously. Yep. Right, and it's 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 one of those things like you have to respect the stage, mm-hmm. you know. And so, if you're not going to respect the stage, why should you give you time to be on the stage that you don't respect? Right, right. Now there are exceptions to that, um, like Fluffy. He wears shorts on stage. If you listen to this one, you're probably not Fluffy, <laughs> right? Um, but that's his gimmick. That is him. He perfectly has that that persona. Mm-hmm. He built that. Yeah, he did. And so, if you if you want to have that persona or something like that, go ahead. But you have to understand, like, that has to be on purpose. You can't be like, oh, I'm wearing shorts today because I forgot to do laundry and I don't have clean pants. Right. 
Yeah, it's yeah, it's about like to Bo's point. It's about being intentional. Like, yeah, you can you can again. It's like you can break a rule, but you have to know you're breaking it and either address it or be willing to take the flack. Be like, look, I know that this is frowned upon. But again, to Fluffy's point, when hey Fluffy, if you're listening, <laughs> but it, it's, that'd be so I cool. Mean, he, we do have one California hit. It's so about who knows? yeah, it's about respecting the stage. And if you've proven beyond a reasonable doubt that you respect the art of comedy and you respect the stage, you're gonna get a lot more leeway. You know, right. so no one has yeah. to wonder. Be like, does Fluffy take it seriously? Like, yeah. Yeah, you know what? So, but as opposed to Bill, who's doing it a second time, is like, oh, the the establishment's fucking poser. It's like, dude, <laughs> get away from me. I yeah. don't. When I get booked in the Bahamas, I'm wearing shorts. It's happening. Can't do it. <laughs> Wear linen pants. You can. You there can you have. Go. You can have beach apparel. I, yeah, I want to see you in rules. linen pants. Oh dear God! Uh, Wait, are you going to the Bahamas soon? I, are we? I, I wish. <laughs> like, wow, we didn't want what, you to find uh, out like this. Yeah, you're leaving tomorrow. We're supposed to be way more romantic. Yeah. What I love doing when I travel, and I used to travel overseas a lot more than I do now, um, is go to like whatever country I'm in and be like the country and then like comedy open mic or it translate into that language mm-hmm. and finding the spot. And like stand-up comedy is an English form of entertainment. Yeah. Right? They might have it in, you know, in Mexico, they have it in Spanish, but it is, their legends are the American English-speaking comics. You know, they're more likely to know you're more likely to be able to have a Mexican named Jimmy Carr, who is a British performer, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than somebody who's on Comedy Central Mexico. Right. Right. Oh, okay. Because it's... It's just a better product or what? It's not a better product. It's not, not, not a, I want to say a better product. I would say it's less established in Mexico. Okay. Um, and so, like, if you do that, you can perform, and your sets will go fine. Like... Mm-hmm. Um, do that one. I know that people have performed in Germany and Poland and like German comics in Germany will do their sets in English because the German language doesn't sound funny. It do- not that it doesn't sound <laughs> funny. Oh, oh yes it does. <laughs> no, aggressive? it sounds angry. It sounds, it sounds aggressive, angry. yeah. Um no the um the it's hard to write punchlines in German because we have a lot of the um What's what I'm looking for? You're an English teacher. Right? Uh, yeah. um, what's the end of the sentence that I'm thinking of? The punctuation. <laughs> the, like the um, the clauses. The subject. Subject. Well, no, sometimes the object. The object of the sentence. The object. Sometimes yeah. that's not always at the end. Well, what does it say? It is. But the objective. Yeah. We'll go with that one. <laughs> subject and objective, right? Yeah. Subjects at the start. Objective at the end. Well. Depends on your sentence. I, right. talk to my daughter. I truly don't yeah. know fucking anything about the English right. language. Um, <laughs> I don't know but, but generally, like where our punchlines are, when we tell it, it have the surprise happens at the end of the sentence. Right. In German, it tends to be in the 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 shocking thing would happen in the middle, and you don't want to keep talking after you hit your punchline. Right. So that's just confusing. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Huh. Yeah, I hadn't considered that. I want to. I want to hear and translate. I was gonna say, we, yeah, there needs to be like a yeah, yeah. but the translation would probably be jank. There's like, no way it would be very representative of the intent of the joke. You have to find someone who's a really good at speaking both. Yeah, right. Be like, can you try mm-hmm. and tell me this joke? Yeah, in but it's, I want it'd that, probably though. be even funnier to translate it and then translate it back and then get up on stage and do that as your set. Oh, yeah, I just I, the double I, translate. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear it. Just be jank. I'm, I'm curious. I'd try it. <laughs> I don't speak German. I'm never I'm not just copy paste your entire set into a foreign language and then just go and read it off your phone. <laughs> to Google Translate with no idea. Hold the keys to the kingdom. Well, I have sometimes no idea with what the, these are supposed to sound like yeah. at all. Sometimes with the open mics, you guys do your own like inside jokes. Like I remember there was one night I 
think it was you, Jack, who did someone else's set. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, Wasn't that Cody's set? Yeah, yeah. I do, yeah. Cody, I do Cody's set when he's around just because I impersonated his voice really well and it pisses him off. So <laughs> uh, I can't do it out of... No, it's it's malice. I do it because it pisses him no. off, which I think yeah. is fun. Yeah. Uh, and, and ambassador, sometimes if I, I don't have the strength, I'll do Alex Morris's set. That's one of my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that is... Um, a really good exercise to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like I know that Jack does it too, for for having fun. But I think watching someone do your set and seeing how they would approach it, um, and giving them like the freedom, like, hey, do my set. Like, I don't, I don't care if you mm-hmm. butcher it. I don't care if you kill it. I just want to see how you would do it. Um, that can give you a lot of feedback of like what you're missing. Right. It almost yeah, seems they, like there should be more of that stuff around here. Like, almost, I don't want to say workshops, but, you know, ways to just challenge yourself a little bit more other than just, you know, like the writing prompts are great, but something to take it a little bit further. Analyze. Yeah, and I, I think you probably get that a little bit behind closed doors. I think more than, you know, like an open forum of, of discussing a bit. But you, you right. get that sometimes after like a bar, especially if it's a really young bit. Someone be like, hey, this is where I'm trying to go with it. Got anything? So it happens a little bit. Maybe not as like formal or as like reoccurring as might be potentially beneficial, but it mm-hmm. happens out there a little bit. And like if you do that, you have to be with somebody who like you trust and is like secure in this situation. Because a lot of people, but, oh man, that's they might get too jealous or they might think that oh no, that's that now that's my bit. And it's like, well, right, yeah. I mean, that's a big thing. Like you know, the last podcast we did with Ryer Cameraman, where she was like, you know, should should I say this on here? And I'm like, I don't want to tell you to out your material. Like I know that you guys are very, you have to be protective of your material, right? Because that's if it gets out there, now it's it's kind of ruined. Um, it depends. I disagree. It depends. Yeah? I think if you have like a, I wouldn't say low hanging fruit, but if if you're too, if you have like a hot take on a current event, you know that might. But it's just like. No one's gonna take my shark joke, yeah. you know. It's because it, I think so it's there's some there's some jokes and some styles that I think are a little more sensitive to um, suggestion of someone being like, "Oh, I have a better mm-hmm. hot take." Because all you like, if you have, I wouldn't say a weak premise, but if if your punchline is like a surface level observation and you're afraid someone could make a better observation, then I think that is their it's as much their joke as it is yours because yeah. you don't have a right to. I, I know right. what I'm going to write about this news article. Sorry, tough shit. I, I wrote it first. <laughs> you know, so I, I think it kind of depends on the style yeah. of more more than uh, necessarily. Sp- and also by the person. There are some people who are a little less um, genuine or, yeah. you know. So that's, to Bo's point, is you really only do, like, heavy bit shop working with people that you trust, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I, I think, and this is one of the th- things, if... If for some reason I lost the right to do all my sets, all my stuff, mm-hmm. well, guess what? I'll I'll write more stuff. Right. Right. Um, it's in the ethers. <laughs> it's in the ethers now. Do you ever? We kind of have to wrap up. But last question: Do you ever get worried that you're act like that? You've copied someone too much, or you've been too similar, or have you ever told a joke and then seen it as a meme after you told it and thought, "Oh crap, people are gonna think I pulled from the meme." I think to, to that point, it, it, it well, and when when it comes to cases like that. I think you have to look at their work altogether. If they have a hundred jokes and one of them is eerily similar, you can be like, okay, they had a tangent. If they have ten jokes and eight of them you've heard somewhere yeah. else, you're like, okay. okay but also, yeah. I always said if you're really authentic about what inspired you to write the joke, like I, I wrote this joke because this happened to me. You don't necessarily have to worry as much as opposed to if you saw someone else do it and you're like, I think I have a better take on that, or yeah. maybe not even that direct, but like you watch something. But it, it, I think. As long as, like, I've never Googled or checked if any of my jokes have been done because I know what inspired me to write it. So even if 
there is a same punchline somewhere. I can be like, well, I know I didn't steal it, and I'll be able to defend that. So, you know, if one of them ends up aligning with something else, I don't get too, I'm not too worried about it. Right. Um, David Harris told me a story, and he's a comic artist of the Twin Cities, um, in which he had a bit, and he wrote the bit, and he, he was doing it for like 10 years. And then somebody else began doing the same bit that mm-hmm. he did, but because he had more of a of media presence, people thought it was his bit. Right. So now, even though it was David's bit, he can't do that bit anymore because people think it's a copy. And it's the same thing. Like, everything I write is, is me, or mm-hmm. like my stuff. But like, I'm not that creative. I've just, <laughs> I've just made bad choices and got lucky to not die. We just <laughs> talked about that in the last <laughs> podcast. It, it requires being an unhealthy person that makes terrible decisions and just rolling with it and doing what you can. Yeah. Um, and and there's other people who've made bad decisions who do this too. Mm-hmm. And like the odds of us having similar stories. Yeah, lots exist. of people bring a first date to a brothel. That's <laughs> totally common. <laughs> Ooh, I, mean, right. I think I'm on well, like four or five now. But, yeah. I didn't okay. get that first date. Damn it. All right, we should um, probably. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's 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 the um, yeah, it's it's in the ethers. I'll just yeah, that idea that everything that could ever have been done has already been done, and we're just recycling it at this point. Someone yeah. in ancient Egypt probably already told you joke. So, but damn those Mesopotamians! That's oh, not it's the worst. Mesopotamia is in like the Middle East, isn't it? No, Mesopotamia is like it, it is. I think it isn't. Oh, uh, and I think it was like. Italy, Greece area, north this of that. It's no. not a geography I homework. I don't know. We've done a, we did a little bit of English work I know. here. And we're in geography. We're Last never time bringing we were talking teachers on it. I need oh, to we know. can do our. No, he's <laughs> Googling <laughs> it. This is must math. know information. I, I, well, he does that. I'll, I'll tell you my favorite math fact. <laughs> I, oh, this is my favorite math proof that I know. Uh, everybody has at most two arms, right? Okay. I think so. Right? Uh, there are amputees, mm-hmm. which means that people have less than two arms, which means I have more arms than the average person because the average person has less than two arms all right, that's right. So, because there's anybody that has less than two arms and brings the average down yeah, that's yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't do math all right well, mesopotamia was in iraq oh iraq all right around there the more you so know now I'm, okay hey, now i can it. sleep <laughs> we should probably if you got nothing up. from this i know <laughs> you now know where mesopotamia was there we go all right, Bo, tell us what you got going on. What do, you, what do, you, what do you got for uh, things coming up? Podcasts you do, website, whatever. Uh, so the only thing I got going on is I'm on Jamrock uh, February 12th. And Jamrock is in Green, Green Bay. 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 Yep. Uh, that is it. Um, I will be doing some other shows in Eau Claire in, in February, but I don't know exact venues yet. Okay. Do you have any way for people to find you on socials? Oh, you can find me on socials at The Bogella um, on... Uh, Twitter, Instagram, and that's it. Awesome. Thanks. How about you, Jack? Anything to plug? Uh, I don't know. I'm around. Just shoot me a message if you want to come find a show. I don't <laughs> I don't really care. Um, come or don't, I would say just go go see a live comedy show. Yeah. If you want to if you want to find my socials, message me. You can go to my Instagram page that has a picture of me in the bathroom <laughs> from 6 months ago. I don't I'm not active. It would be a waste of your existence to, to follow it. But <laughs> If you must, just message me and I'll uh, tell it to you. I, I'm a firm believer, like, social media should either be done right or not at all. Oh, I agree. And, completely. like, I, I have, like, I have social media, um, but, like, I don't post. Mm-hmm. And so, like, don't expect to see much. So, but. yeah, so these are two great meetings that you will never find. 
<laughs> but you'll you'll be but, able to get to them through us. Yeah, so, so Jenny, let's talk about our <laughs> socials. Yeah, what's your social? Yeah. Uh, well, we have comedyconnects.com and you can find us at comedyconnects on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Excellent. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you guys for being on. Thank you. Thanks and for having for us. all of the subjects on high school and college lessons, and college lessons courses. that we covered in Mesopotamia. I almost said mesothelioma, so I'm mm. already way off. It's dangerous. <laughs> all right. There's a lawyer waiting for you. Mesopotamia was dangerous. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. That was fun being on Giggles with... Uh, no, Giggy. Giggy, Giggy with Gala. Gala. Uh, Giggy with Gala. Giggy with Gala. All right. That'd be the most repulsive name I could possibly Thanks for imagine. listening. <laughs>